Welcome to the 2019 Baldi's Awards. These are the, the, the deliberation videos. Let's see if I can say that. It's tough. Uh, we intend these things to be watched sort of after you watch the Baldi's ceremony. So if you haven't seen that yet, maybe go check it out and then come back if you have questions or want to see the whole process. Uh, maybe wonder why we voted a certain way. This is where you'll get all that information. Also, we're going to spoil every single bit of everything on this list. So if you haven't seen it all, don't watch this. If you haven't seen every piece of television and film that came out this year, you probably shouldn't watch. That's not true because this is actually not intended to be a comprehensive list of everything that came out this year. It's actually just everything that we saw, either one of us saw, that came out somewhere between January 1st and December 31st, 2019. So if you're wondering, oh, why didn't X get included? It's probably because we didn't see it or it didn't come out this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think without further ado, Let's check out the Baldies. Is that this uh, this category is comedy, which is tends to be difficult because I watch a lot more comedy than you. Mm -hmm. uh, so th this tends to be uh, the, the, a one a one man uh, comedy. But but you, I'm looking through the list. I think I watched game. all the important ones. Oh okay. Well, we'll all the uh, ones that I think are going to end up toward the top of this list, except. For maybe one, but All we'll right. see. This is truly unsorted. This is just, I think, maybe a chronological order of when we watch them, maybe. Can, um, can I put a massive caveat in here? Okay. Neither of us watched Succession. Yes. And I know people are going to be like, this list is bullshit because yes. Succession isn't on it. It was clearly the best comedy of we did the, not the watch generation. It. We didn't watch it, so it's as not as on with this Veep, list. As with Veep, we didn't watch it. It's... I watched season one. I thought it was better than I hoped for, but... I did not watch season two because it was not that amazing. Yeah, sometimes, and you know what? If you think it's that amazing, I, I don't want to try yeah. to talk you out of it. No, good it, for you. It seems I'm like happy it's, you enjoyed uh, it. Lots of people that I really respect think yeah. this is a hilarious show. I have zero interest in watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk about comedy in 2019. Uh, we're going to do the center to the top method where we just start at the top, we go down, and with something seems like it's in contention for the best, we send it to the top, else we, we let it, you know. Sometimes we send it to the middle. Dead to me. Send it to the top. Dead to me is at the top. Send uh, it to the I, top. I, what, did you see this? Yeah, I watched not all of it. I watched like four or this so This is the episodes. two women. Um, Christina Applegate and Linda go. Carlini. Uh, they are, well, the, the, the setup for this is that they are both in a support group for women who have lost. Uh, she loses, Christina Applegate loses her husband. She's kind of the main character. Yeah. Um, and Linda Carlini is there, I believe, for the same or a very similar reason. And they kind of end up forming a friendship, uh, bonding over their shared sadness and grief. And things progress from there. Did you see the whole first season? No. Okay, so you're not going to send this to the bottom or top. It's just, it's just it mediocre? There, and I know, yeah, it's it's not amazing. It's better it's than you thought? It's nothing groundbreaking. It's, it was funny. It was good. Um, okay. I enjoyed it, but I have not gotten through all of it. Where's it on the Santa Clarita diet scale? Is it better? It's better. There? Okay, because that's like my like I I have zero interest in even yeah. trying something that's below that on the scale. Um, okay, and, and that was also out another season this year, and I just didn't watch it. I didn't get to that. I didn't get to Glow. Which man, there's so much TV that I want to watch that I haven't been able to yet. Uh, Russian Doll. I'm gonna say send that one to the top. Okay, I think that's warranted. Uh, Shrill is that's Aidy Bryant, uh, playing essentially an Aidy Bryant type uh, com comedic writer uh, that is uh, overlooked by her boss. Uh, she's um, uh, 
just kind of wisp of a woman that's like uh, gainsayed and doesn't have a lot of self-confidence. And then she decides to start talking about her authentic experience and what it's like to be a hefty gal and being sexy and dealing with relationships. And, uh, you know, it's, it's real. Um, it's fine. It's good. It's actually I, I, I liked a lot of it. Um, I remember there's there was like three or four of these in a row where it's like, yeah, um it was all the same concept where like this generically woke person is working for this uh suppose uh, this this wealthy uh invariably white uh sometimes lgbt uh content creator company uh and they get at odds with their you know performative wokeness and it, it's this is fine i had my problems with it but it, it's i would watch it again i like 80 bryant i don't think it needs to go to the top or bottom yeah, a lot of this stuff is sort of a victim of the coverage that we gave it because, like, so uh, many of these are just one-off things that we watch for Bald Move TV. I did watch this entire season because each episode is, like, 15, 20 minutes long. Oh, and okay. It was easy to gun through it all. Um, but, yeah, but like, like I said. Bonding and Rami and Special and Catch-22, all those are going to yes. kind of get short shrift because we watched an episode and had to move on. And, and those all felt of, of kind of, of a piece. Yeah. Um, in fact, I might even keep them all together uh, when we get to them. John Oliver, uh, send it to the top. I mean, yeah. John, John Oliver is still doing the John Oliver thing, which is still very powerful. But, like, is with it, every passing year becomes more just the way things are done now. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I, I, so Malcolm Gladwell, I think in season two, revisionist history, did a very interesting thing where he gave he went over the history of satire, hmm. um, and how, I mean, I don't know, because like Malcolm Gladwell is not the end all be all of of critical thought. America's smartest human being, <laughs> apparently so, judged by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, but he he made a point that like many times satire that sets out to skewer some some societal norm that's being violated or you know like a government that's uh unresponsive to the needs of the peer of its of its uh, constituents or whatever you're trying to do blow the lid off something through humor tell the truth the power through humor uh often does more to normalize the behavior than mm. it does to stop and make people reflect and i'm starting to wonder if this john oliver today show Samantha B complex is doing that, that people watch it and that gives them the sensation, the moral outrage and fortitude that, that feels like they're doing something. And I guess informing yourself on something is in fact doing something, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's doing more to normalize and get us used to behavior than it is to actually get us off our asses to do change. I don't know. That's yeah. why it's like, it's a this is question. no longer, like you said, the revolutionary amazing, like, oh, my God, this guy's doing, instead yeah. of doing a three-minute joke bit on Daily Show, they're doing a 30-minute joke bit where yeah. they really educate you on something. So Yeah. I mean, I think to the top. I don't know if it'll stay there, but. Okay. To the top. That's what I would do with it. Uh, it's Barry. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Bonding. <laughs> you uh, just want to get to Barry. No, bonding is uh, what the fuck was bonding? Was that the That's one about the, the deviant sexual the BDSM miscreants? Right? 
Yeah, I, just fucking up their lives with sex. Uh, I actually I'm kidding. I, I, I <laughs> it's quite, about yeah BDSM communities. I, I quite liked this. Um, it, was that it? Bonding Netflix. Uh -huh. I just want to make sure it wasn't something. Yeah, okay. I actually liked this show. I thought this. I watched a lot of the first season. Oh, did you? I watched the one episode and moved on. It's it it's it was really interesting. It's really interesting how they attack. Um, they, I, I thought they had some thoughtful and insightful ways to like really probe. You know. Cause like he, there's like, <sighs> try to think. I think most people, even those on like left liberal circles, don't really engage with the matter of the day. It's essentially, you know, should gay people be allowed to marry? And they kind of have like a default viewpoint from their community and a default viewpoint from the media. And they're like, well, why the hell not? Uh, and like, I think a lot is me too and consent culture thing is similar to where people just throw up their hands they have a gut reaction to it and unfortunately a lot of people are on the wrong side of that gut reaction uh and bonding did a lot to like really meditate in a funny way of like you know why do women not want to be complimented in certain areas where they might want to you know like 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 there's a lot of hypocrisy that's easy to find at a surface level in some of this this these takes that really make sense once you really understand it yeah you know it's kind of like a lot of paradoxes about faster than light travel and you know how fast the photon travels through space seem ridiculous until you understand it and like oh oh okay that's that's just how it is hmm. so I think it's great but you know the, the the other thing about a lot of this stuff is the people that need to watch it don't yeah. And the people that don't need to watch it, watch it and think it's important. And everything gets like distorted in the culture because of that, because no one's watching the same things and taking away the same lessons. And so anyway, to, to that's the time. Yeah, it's just it's it's with shrill like these things are going to like shrill bonding uh, Rami special all are going to like be in a tightly uh, knit pack that moves through these gotcha. uh, Barry to, the, to the fucking top. What an amazing show. Can we also put Fleabag to the top? Fleabag? Was that right underneath it? It sure was. Fleabag to the fucking top. Bam. I'm not even going to try to pre-adjust those. Those are just amazing shows. Uh, State of the Union. This is the show that I always forgot that I watched. Because every single time I'm like, what the fuck is State of the Union? Sessie's like, it's that one show about the people that are going through marriage counseling. Yeah, Chris O'Dowd. Uh-huh. And... I... Shit, I know her name. I can't mm -hmm. think of it. Yep seen her in a lot of things Ro rosamund pike yeah yeah thank you producer uh, uh just sit in a cafe and talk for hours yeah, like seven to ten minute long episodes like three hours i don't i don't know how long the series is it's like an hour and a half or something yeah yeah and it's it's like in like in equal 10 minute chunks yeah uh and they talk about their failed marriage their actively failing marriage it's fine it's in i actually there's a lot of things i uh -huh. like about this uh there's some interesting comedic performances it's fine i think it's 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 right where it needs to be i agree uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. I didn't see this season yet. I think it's got to go to the top just for the climate change episode alone. Okay. <laughs> um, Tuke and Birdie. This is a feminine Bojack Horseman. Okay. A lot of the same DNA, a lot of the same producers, same kind of blended human and animal animation style. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like Ali Wong. I've seen a, a, some of her stand up, and I, I, I don't. T that's who to birdie is right um i really like tiffany it's, it's haddish Rosamund pike actually 
is what <laughs> I really like Tiffany Haddish. Um, but regardless, yeah, yeah. the the you know it doesn't matter. Like I I don't uh, it doesn't matter whether you like them or not. They're they're they do very good voice work and um yeah. There's another like I actually learn a couple of things, a couple nuances about like uh, the boundaries of appropriate workplace relationships through watching this hmm. and how some of those unhealthy dynamics can. Uh, can 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 uh, uh, come about. So I'm it's, gonna send this to the top. It's an adult cartoon. It's an adult cartoon. Like I said, that, that's the other thing. Is like uh, these adult cartoons are doing the Lord's work, teaching generations that were not otherwise taught how to interact pe- with people in a healthy, respectful, loving manner. Yeah. Like turns out all that shit that we watched, like the feel good, uh, uh, you know, TGIF. The Tanners resolving everything on uh, Full House. That's all bullshit. That's yeah. all bullshit and fantasy. This shit's real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, sit down and watch Two Converti and Bojack Horseman with your teenagers. Uh, stay Catch-22. This is uh, the war the war show that uh, the guy's a pilot, I think. Yeah. and D- Bomber. Bomber pilot yeah, doing bomber very pilot. dangerous missions in World War World II. World War II, yep. And he, the catch 22 is uh, obviously, you know, if you're crazy, uh, you have a mental illness, you cannot fight in a war. Right. You're discharged. But if you fake a mental illness, it's, it's proof. Or if you want to get out of combat, it's proof that you're not crazy. Right. So uh, it's inherently funny, tragic concept. It was executed very well. I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. I didn't finish because I didn't have time. Same here. And unfortunately, it's going to have to stay there because of that. Good Omens to the top. Good Omens I watched all of. I'd put that to the top. To yeah. the top. I really enjoyed that. It's good. It's good. Uh, Rami. A lot of fun. Uh, Rami, Rami I special. was awesome. I'm going to send it to the middle. Yeah, with I, uh, I shrill and bonding. Rami was really good. I it was another victim of our schedule that another, I just like, never got to it. I grew up as uh, in a um, kind of backwards, uh, regressive religious environment. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. the exact same DNA is there with Rami and his no, conservative but, Muslim yeah. uh, community, but it's not not there. You a can understand of, the pathos a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the like seemingly nonsense, like because every religious tradition, if you look at it from like a secular viewpoint, none of them like you know people like to give shit to the pantheon of Hinduism because you got elephant-headed gods and you got gods with six arms and you know our god just spent three days in the ground and resurrected himself and yeah, that it's just normal stuff, normal god stuff, <laughs> no elephant right. heads. It's only normal because of we live in the society in which it's normal. We live in a society. So, we certainly do. We do. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm uh, shrill. It can it can hang out there with Shrill and Rami. I, I threw Special in there too. Special is about um, a, a person with a disability mm-hmm. and what it's like, you know, um, to uh, both need people to help you out in your day to day, but also kind of like how that sucks. Um, I believe he's also a writer working at a... Yeah, this I'm is very you. much in the vein of Shrill yeah. in the setup. Yeah. Um, so you got that. Uh, State of the Union Catch-22. Losa Spookase. To the top. To the, to, to the fucking top. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, good Place Season 3 to the top. Righteous Gemstones to the top. Rick and Morty to the top. Mm-hmm. Documentary now to the top. BoJack Horseman to the top. I'm trying to think... Man, what were the docu? I'm gonna look up the documentary. Yes, please do. I'm gonna send them all to the top, and we can argue about it. Uh, And then we have uh, the unloved stepchild. Apologies to all the love stepchild children out there. Uh, Frankenstein's monsters, monster Frankenstein. 
Oh yeah, this is the David Harbor. Yeah, short, short like stage play, mockumentary. Type of, yeah, I liked it. It's funny, but I'm never gonna watch it again. Yeah, I'm probably not either. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost like uh, if someone told me this is a bonus documentary now episode, I'd believe them. But uh, do we? It it it's 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 it doesn't need to be at the bottom of the list. No, no, no. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to the top. I'm gonna send it right. I'm gonna put it right there. Right, the top right. got big, man. Yeah, the top is more than half the list. Uh, in fact, all this stuff is better. I'm just gonna yeah, it's better, better than, than the show you didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see if you catch that. Uh, all right. Uh, do we have documentary now? Season three. Yes. So season three included Batshit Valley parts one. Oh and two, my god! Yes. Which is a beautiful lampooning of wild wild country. I think is the name of the yeah, documentary yeah, yeah, yeah. about uh, the Rajneesh mm-hmm. uh, religion mm-hmm. that formed out in like Washington what is the female, or Oregon like the, or something. The, um... Rita. The 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 woman that Rita. takes over the cult from within in this is fucking amazing. Oh oh like the yeah, shit the shit that the, she gets up to in Batshit Valley. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it so much. No, that was a really really good one. Um, there was original cast album co op, which is like a ill fated an album recording of the ill fated nineteen seventy Broadway musical co op. Mm-hmm. The comedy centered around a cast of characters work live and want to live in the same co op. It's so funny. It's really good. It the whole thing because, is basically be- them recording a song. Especially since like the actual Broadway production gets canceled. So they're doing yeah. the video like the the video behind the scenes version of it and they're recording a soundtrack for I think a that's canceled the one that, where the producers like, "Hey, I know two things in this world. Everything that's going to happen before it does and exactly what women want." Or so he's like make these grandiose <laughs> statements like that. It's it's so funny. Yeah, it's good. Uh, waiting for the artist. Oh, right. A performance artist returns to her native Hungary for a career retrospective. Is that that's uh, Kate Blanchett, right? Yes, I believe so. Oh my God, that's an amazing one. Yeah, that was really good. Yep, Kate Blanchett. Uh, searching for Mr. Larson, a love letter from the far side, which I don't remember as being particularly funny. I don't even remember that one. Sweetly unhinged fan gives up everything to track famed comic strip creator Gary Larson for his documentary. It sounds like a very Fred Armisen. Thing. Yeah, they. I don't believe they ever like get to talk to him. It's like the the failed. I think isn't that this, that's one of that's that's a, a based on a real life documentary about Bill Waterson, right? The Calvin and Hobbes guy. I don't probably. I'm pretty sure. Um, and there's Long Gone, which is an impressionistic look at the turbulent life of American jazz guitarist Rex Logan, uh-huh. who became a cultural icon in Eastern Europe when his music provided the soundtrack for the <laughs> yes. 1991 revolution in the Republic of Sard Sardisavinia. Is this a little bit of the Polka King? What were what were the, what was the mm. documentary they're making fun of here? No, the Polka King was was about it was basically a crime documentary in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, but this turned into that too, didn't they? Wasn't there like I said, like it oh, wasn't as straight yeah. up. But there's like part you of the Polka right. King. I felt like they lifted for it because that's usually this is like one core documentary that they're lampooning, but they have two or three other bits that they 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 tie it together too. Right. Uh, and then the final one, Any Given Saturday Afternoon, is a professional bowling uh, documentary mm-hmm. starring mm-hmm. Dexter uh, as one of the bowlers. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being really funny. 
No, I mean, the documentary now is one of my my most favorite things that, you know, when I hear a new season's coming because it's just, yeah, it's exactly my kind of droll, but occasionally laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. And if you, I love documentaries, so yeah. Um, okay. So that's the only thing I think we had a real big question about. Um, all, so now oh, we've boy. got like a, a fat, we got a pretty good top that we need to argue about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. So right now we got Los Spookies at number one, The Good Place number three. Uh, which who do you got head to head? Good Place or Los Spookies? Damn, I really enjoy The Good Place. It's one of those like very broad network comedies, mm-hmm. sitcoms yeah. specifically. But it it's it's executing at such a high level, um, and the inherent the core of the concept is so strong that it kind of carries most of that weight. I, I love spookies. It's so fucking weird and different. Yeah. And it's also the good place. I binged the entire thing. So I like too, I yeah. have the, all of the good place, uh, fighting with like eight very weird episodes of Losa Lo, Spookies in my mind. Yeah. Because here's, I think the good place season one was revolutionary and amazing. I think good place season two, a little bit lost its way. And to the, to this extent, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to keep watching this because it's good, but like they got really far away from the philosophical side and it's just kind of like heaven and hell jokes. Mm-hmm. And then season three, I thought was back to form where, you know, yeah, they end up going to hell and, and so many things happen. Yeah. Like Ted Danson is trying to get them to the good place. He's working with them now. And yeah. Like, yeah. They go to hell, they come back and then they have to hide from uh, Scott was well, they, 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 they reboot it to where they're back on earth and they're living and they're trying like everyone's trying to put their thumbs on the scales of them to be right go, to be sorted back into hell or appropriately into heaven they're being tested once again yeah at one ep- at one point Janet's playing uh all of the characters on the good place phenomenally because well. she's yeah. she's uh like fractured her I, I don't know and she's not she's not a robot she's not even a she um nope She's a metaphysical concept, which I, I quite enjoy. It's good. It is. I think I like a Los Spookies better. Yeah. Produce uh, who who is the star of Los Spookies? Julian Torres has ah, been yeah. like uh, he's the chocolate the chocolatier the chocolatier. He's 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 such a like. Um, imagine if you the the uh, NoHo Hank. Okay. Was the star of a a, a spinoff series of Barry? That's mm-hmm. what his character feels like. This, like, it's the star of. The, he, it's just such such a distinct, weird, cool character. Mm-hmm. He's the son of this massive chocolate empire, and he's gay, and he's hooked and he's up fabulous. With this, this team of but he's got he's, he's got the black beating heart of a goth inside of him. He does, yeah. And down to like his dress and everything. It's, it's such great. And, and honestly, it's like him and Tati are what make the, yeah. cause I, you know, she's, she's, she's amazing too. And that, that very peculiar sense of humor uh-huh. is I, I, I've never seen it before. No, it feels strange. It feels cheesy, but in a good way. Um, there's this, and there's just so many awesome, like there's this one like elegant woman, <laughs> 
who has this like ballroom gown on and she's got these silk gloves and there's this little staircase that her hand kind of trails up and then she walks her fingers up to the top of the yeah. staircase that holds a martini glass. Uh-huh. That's is this like, is that a joke? What is that? That's what is the joke? But it's what hol- is it? it? But it's fucking hilarious when you see it for the right. first time. Uh, Absolutely. And the different spook scares that they get up to and like the different ways Toddy is trying to make money the entire time. Mm-hmm. Breaking and in people's shoes. places. Yeah. That Toddy story. She falls in love with an actual prince. Isn't she like a time traveler by the end of that I fucking think thing? So. She like has, she's prescient and she knows. Yeah. She's doing all these weird things because they will add up to this ultimate conclusion at the end of the show. It's very strange, but yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's it's and funny along the way. Yeah, I, like I said, it's it's very very it's it's very funny, yeah. and I think it's funnier than like if it's for. It's I think Good I Place season one versus Less of Spookies. It's more of an argument, but you know, Good Place is good. The Good Place, the Good Place is so in a more mature spot apparently. Uh, uh, at the, in season three, so it's I don't know, it's subjective. Yeah, I'm with you though. Uh, Righteous Gemstones. I don't think it's better than either one of them. I certainly wouldn't argue that it's better than Los Spookies. Uh, it's very funny. There's like physical comedy. The Danny McBride stuff I think is there are funny. There a few moments that are just laugh out loud funny. Yeah, the inherent hypocrisy in, in, in these like oh, yeah. uh, outfits um, where they're preaching, you know, being paragons of virtue, but then they're the second and sometimes third generation coming along. Like, you know, every joke, <laughs> like I, I'm familiar with the concept of like the paragons and our, uh, and, and our, uh, and our congregations having offsprings that were, you know, it's oh, like the Bible. Yeah. yeah, the good king would give bad to a shit king. Yeah, I gave mean, Gideon per- makes perfect sense to me as a character. Yeah, it really does. I get it. And the thing is, is he's also just a, he's a, he's a pariah in his family, but he's actually one of the, he's the best of them. <laughs> right, easily. Yeah. Easily the best. Now, there are, I know there are two characters in this show, one of which you hate and one of which I hate. Danny McBride, I hate in just about everything he's Who in. Who do you think I hate? Uh, the shit. The sister Judy. Do I hate her, or I just don't understand why she's such a fan? It's like one of those things where, like, I'm I'm just met on her. Like, I see that she's doing. Uh, she is to me like um, I don't know, one of the minor players of the office. Uh, like, like Angela. Yeah, exactly. She's Angela. But I think people are treating her like she's Pam, and I don't get it. So you might have to elaborate on that for me to understand exactly what you're getting at. I just, um, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people talk about how brilliant she is in this, and I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't get it. Hmm. I the the things I like about her are the things that I would like about Danny McBride's character if it weren't the 15th time I've seen Danny McBride play this character. If that weren't, in my mind, just Danny McBride. And it's because she's a terrible person. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ways in which she's terrible are entertaining to me. Yeah. Like, every time she shits all over her husband, I crack up. Her boyfriend, her fiancé. Yeah, yeah, I guess. (laughs) It's not husband yet. Even though I think he's named the husband in... IMDb is he really interesting? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but yeah, like I, her just talking about how pathetic she he is. Uh, she cracks me up. It's funny because like I don't like the guy from 
uh, Workaholics. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of Danny McBride, although I do. I, I have seen a lot of Eastbound and Down, and I understand why he's kind of revered. Yeah. Um, but they're really good at playing these particular roles. Oh, yeah. Like, I just love the way, like, Danny McBride glides through every scene with, like, uh, like, 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 notice him around the women and how he's holding, like, a constant flex. Uh, and then notice how he, like, struts around <laughs> with the guy, his guy friends. And, like, there's just a lot of subtle things he's doing that I find funny in this context because it's so fucky. Like, he plays this, like, hyper-controlling but very insecure man mm-hmm. extremely, extremely. And it's it just blatant hypocrisy. And I, I agree, man. Danny McBride is a genius, a, a comedic genius mm-hmm. in that one role. It's just unfortunate that I've never seen him in anything but that. Okay. Uh, so do you think, you, do you want to make an argument that it's better than A Good Place? No. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, setting aside our personal feelings of disappointment in, in, the, in the ensuing project, Rick and Morty season four, half of season four, yeah, five episodes. I think there's not a noticeable. There's there's some people that were posting and uh, like like said that they thought it jumped a shark or whatever. I think Rick and Morty is humming along very very strongly. I do too, but I also have personal feelings of bias simply because it was a slog for us during that time to get through all of the TV we needed mm-hmm. to get through. Sure. Um, we had to record every single episode of Rick and Morty that existed before that. Yep. And so I was kind of Rick and Morty'd out by the time we got to season five or season four rather. Yep. It's going to suffer for that Mm -hmm. because my personal feelings on it are that it was not as good as some of these other shows Um, simply because I, I couldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. I would have hard time. I think it's, it's going to, I don't know how much is going to drop, but I don't, I think it has a hard time overcoming like maybe the righteous Jim stone. That's what I was thinking too. Um, I can see that going to three. Because there's some strong bits, like the the heist episode I thought was really good. Oh, yeah. The Slut Dragons episode was fucking hilarious. Fantastic. Uh, Lots of of good stuff. Uh, They had a a Christmas episode that I enjoyed. But I I can see at least three other things on this list that I think I'm going to argue for are better than Rick and Morty. So I don't know if it's going to stay in the top five. We just refreshed our memories of which documentaries were in this year of documentary now. Um... I could make an argument that this is better than Rick and Morty in the Good Place, but I'm this is this, and the Good Place. Wow. This sorts this suits my sense of humor so fucking well, mm-hmm. and also hardly anyone watches this because it's on IFC or Sundance or one of the weird weird channels, right? Uh, so like I wouldn't Might mind shining a little bit of a spotlight on it too. Uh, is that what we're here to do? No, but I'm we like, here to platform things. Hey, there's shades. <laughs> There's shades. There's some subtle chartreuse shades we're working with here. John Oliver benefited from that uh, the first year that it was in the running. Certainly. Because I think it won our comedy category 2016. Did it really? Holy shit. Whenever it first came out. Uh, Okay, so documentary now. You're making an argument for it going way up the list. I mean, it's 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 no mistake. It's a Fred Armisen joint, um, and it, it hits exactly the same funny bone that that uh, Los Spookes does. Um, and I'm Similar, arguing yeah. to put it above Good Place and right in that second slot. Let's put it up there for now and see how it feels when we get okay. further along. Okay, BoJack Horseman is very amazing, um, but it's only halfway through its season. They they did the. Uh, 
like a, like a Rick and Morty, and they did the first five, and then the next five are coming out, I think, within this week, maybe next week, very soon. And I haven't seen any of it. Uh, it's great, but I have a hard time judging its entire work because, like, this is the final season. Like, I think I would, I'm, I'm content to let Bojack Horseman pass into 2020. Pass into 2020? Yeah, because it's going to finish up. It's so like I'll, oh, I'll consider yeah. it then at that time because it's really great. But like my fascination for this season is how are they going to tie it together? I love the uh, the progression of Todd's character and like how him and like uh, Princess uh, uh, Princess Caroline's character are kind of like dovetailing together. I really like the like how they're showing like a mature relationship or like the attempt at one that. Uh, I don't know any of these characters' names other than Bojack. <laughs> uh, Allison Bree's character is playing, uh-huh. um, and also like Bojack himself is showing like a great like like how a person actually becomes better, and and how like a lot of times like your guilt and insecurity and stuff can worsen when you fully embrace like the impact that you've had on other people's lives, and you know the devastation you've caused. It's really good. It's not, and it's amazing. It's it it, it deals in this kind of heavy stuff, and yet is still so fucking funny. But. I don't want to move it up because, again, I, I you, you just completed half your assignment. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark you down as a fifty. I'm gonna give you to the end of the quarter to bring that up to a hundred, Bojack, gotcha. and we'll see in 2020 what happens. Yeah. Uh, good omens. Yeah. Uh, better than righteous gemstones. I think so. Better than Rick and Morty. It, it's right there in the Rick and Morty good play zone for me because it's a lot of the same kind of metaphysical big questions. Yeah, this is where it gets tough because like, I honestly want to say I enjoyed it more than documentary now, but did I enjoy it more than Rick and Morty in the good place? I don't know. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm comfortable putting it at number four temporarily. Okay. Seeing what happens. Wait, where did I? Because I really like Good Omens. Uh, number four. Okay. Okay. This brings us to Tuca and Birdie. Um, another one I didn't watch. Another adult cartoon. And this isn't getting a season two, I don't think. Um, which is weird, which is wild, because again, I thought this was um, even more so than BoJack. This is a really good nuts and bolts about like, uh, you know what does it mean to be friends and what does it mean to resolve differences and what do you do like when you're found in a situation where you're not speaking to each other and what do you do when you're at odds with your boyfriend or girlfriend and uh what do you do when they've been supporting you like they should but maybe you've taken you've gone to the other extreme and you're taking advantage of them and just uh taking their support and love for granted there's a lot of like really big themes dealt with in a very fun surreal manner where you've got a one woman with a head of a sparrow and one woman with the head of a toucan <laughs> you know it's it's good uh where do i put it um i don't know it's gotta be at least better than bojack because it was a complete work um <laughs> but i have a hard time advancing it higher than that just because you haven't seen it and uh, i know you have very strong opinions of because we're in the we're in the very t- tippy top so i think tuke is fine and birdie is there we'll see if they fall farther and how much i want to work to get because i'd like to work to get them on the top 10 maybe but i don't know this is a really strong year for comedy it looks like yeah always sunny uh i've not seen the latest season last one i saw is max uh performance yeah 
Um, I, th- I think it's season 14 is what we're talking about. I feel like this season had a bad episode, which I don't think the previous episode did, um, but also had some really uh, amazing episodes. Uh, hold on a second. Let me it's take got the a gang look gets at... romantic. Hold on a second. Uh, Thunder Gun 4, Maximum Cool. Philadelphia season 14. Do we have a... Do we have a... We have a Wikipedia article for this. Yes, we do. The gang gets romantic. Oh, man. Dennis and Mac house a couple whose marriage may be on the skids through an Airbnb ad while Charlie and Frank advertise for young European female backpackers to crash at their house but get two Austrian guys. That's a fine episode. Thunder Gun 4, Maximum Cool. The gang participates in a focus group for the screening of Thund- uh, Thunder Gun 4. Um, yep, that's that's pretty good. I, it, well, hmm. yeah, damn. I see the screenshot of this. Uh-huh. And it's clearly Dolph Lundgren, uh huh, which is amazing if you know anything about Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, D Day is just re- really, really good, really good, uh, decentric episode. The gang chokes. This sounds amazing. They're back at uh, yeah, whatever the restaurant that they always go to is with that Frank chokes waiter the, they almost chokes to death, and some and none of the gang saves him. So there's just like this big, you know, like that. That's a really, really good episode. The gang text during a day at the Philadelphia Zoo. This ep- oh god, I forgot about this episode. This has got one of the funniest visual gags of the inverse tormented relationship between Frank and a gorilla. <laughs> Jesus, that I've ever, I've ever like. So what? Oh god, I don't want to spoil it, but it's yeah. it's it's sublime. Uh, the janitor always mops twice is a film noir story of Charlie. Uh, <laughs> He navigates the Philadelphia CD underbelly to discover how Frank got diarrhea. That's these the gang text and that is an all time great episode. Um, the gang solves global warming already. Like I feel like that changed actually might have changed some people's minds that needed changing. Um, Patty's has a jumper. Holy shit! Where they break down the ethics of what's best. Like should they stop a man from killing themselves? Would it be good for the bar if someone killed themselves off their roof? Oh boy. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, uh, a woman's right to chop. I have also so I've only I think I'm only I haven't seen the last episode. Waiting for Big Mo. Waiting for Big Mo is the one that and because uh, we had a big problem with our uh, PlayStation View. I was watching mm. PlayStation View and they canceled their service and I wasn't able to catch up before we we canceled it. So yeah, uh, some some historically good episodes. So what do you do when you had uh, a couple of these? I think were kind of bad. I'm not sure which one it is. Maybe the Thunder Gun 4 was was not as good as I oh, thought it would that's be. That's a shame. Man, I can't believe how few people are watching this too. Quarter million? Wow. Uh on the ratings. Uh what do you what 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 do you do where you've got um 14 seasons in this fucking thing still going strong? Are they are they going to not quit until they catch up to the Simpsons? Will they? As long as the Simpsons keep going. That's true. They, they have to actually them. throw in the towel first. Uh yeah. boy. I don't know. Like to me, it's either right under or right above the righteous gemstones because they're they're using a lot of the same energy. Hmm. You know, fundamentally terrible people doing terrible things. I mean, I have so much more affection for the always sunny characters. I w- I want to put it on over the righteous gemstones. Uh, I w- I wouldn't argue. I haven't seen okay. any of this season, but all right. Then there you go. The coveted, the always sunny, scrapping for the coveted six spot on the policies. <laughs> well, oh. we haven't properly aligned some of these. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Fleabag. Yeah, I you know. I'm comfortable sending it to the top. 
Like I, it's in, it's going to uh-huh. be in my top three for sure. Yeah, I think it belongs up there. Okay, so let's put it back on top. Um, Barry, same deal. I mm-hmm. think it goes right to the top. Uh, John Oliver is a more interesting case. I kind of think John Oliver is okay where it is. Really? Okay, yeah. number twelve. I think Russian Doll needs to come up a little bit. Okay, how far does it need to come up? Okay, is it better than Fleabag? No, come on. Better than Barry? No. Better than Los Spookies? No. Better than Documentary Now? This is where we can have a conversation. Uh, this is where I don't think you're a lot lunatic of D- if you It, it shares a lot of DNA with The Good Place because it has that kind of like purgatory. You're stuck in it. Yeah. What are the rules? It does. Uh, it's having like a, just watch Groundhog Day again. It's a much more cynical Good Place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm struggling to really remember how that show wraps up because i heard that they're doing they are planning a season two mm-hmm. but do you just get stuck in another day like does she actually bust out of the time loop at the end i thought so hmm. and she walks off with some dude or she walks off by herself this let I off our coverage of I 2019 so like i remember natasha leone being amazing mm-hmm. um and i remember that being very like Every episode in, they revealed like a new wrinkle to the concept that yeah. completely changed the game and never felt like it was a cheat, which I thought like similar to Groundhog Day. It's like, this is just a well-crafted comedy piece. Absolutely. Um, so. Huh. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. Oh, so it ends with them both finding themselves trapped in two separated timelines where they run into alternate versions of each other who are in the first loop and unaware, avail, and unaware of future loops. So and they, it's like another kind of expansion of the concept. Yeah, it's sort of a do-over with those characters again. It's Which is very... Which could be a very season good season two. two yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of wanted to make it be above the good place. And then... Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly maybe feel like it's number now. four at the moment. Okay. Good. That's kind of how I was thinking about it too. Okay. Uh, and then we're into Frankenstein. I'm actually. I don't know that I even care. Like. Yeah, I was not in the. Is Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monster's monster, monster better than sh- the combination of Shrill Rammy special bonding? Uh, I only saw one episode of those. I saw the whole Frankenstein thing. Right. You, you invested uh, all forty <laughs> three minutes of it, your right. life into it. So. I don't know, and I wasn't like I didn't really care for Frankenstein all that nah. much. So, okay, well then, good. Um, whew, boy, I wanted to get because uh, really it's the top ten when it comes to the Baldies. That's what usually makes it into the the award show. Um, I have a problem. I wanted to shine a little light on uh, two converting. They're sitting there right at eleven outside the list. They sure are. Um, who's going to get? Is like, it top ten? I thought we did top fives typically. We did, but like I, there's also in small. I always have in small font the the rounding out the ne- the the top ten. Mm. So like it's the top five in big font, and then rounding out you know also rands or also nominated. So like yeah, um, here, here's my co- here's my so compromise. you're basically saying we have no conviction whatsoever, and we simply want to say that our top five list is now a top 10 list, but we don't want to say that. And so we include you the how others. Historically, the fucking Baldies have ran, you it's know, a if sad, you want to, you want state of affairs, you want to throw in some aspersions of a character on top. I definitely then, do. Then that's, that's on you. I feel like just, they're warranted. I'm just, just, just telling you how things, how things have gone. You're not wrong. Uh, 
okay, well, so, I mean, here's the thing. Do I want to compromise and say Tuke and Birdie is better than always, like, like invert, just to swap the, swap the places with Always Sunny and Tuke and Birdie so I can get Tuke and Birdie in the top 10 and talk about it on the award show? Because it's also, I like, I haven't seen either of them, so it's up to yeah. you. Uh, I hate it when it's always me. It's when it's 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 always Aaron. <laughs> it's always uh, Aaron and comedy. Philadelphia. Um, you feel strong about Righteous Gemstones being in the top ten? I think so. Yeah, oh, man, because that's the thing. Like, I I think Two Converties better than Righteous Gemstones, hmm. but but you also think Always Sunny is. I definitely think Always Sunny is better than Righteous Gemstones. Actually, I think Always Sunny is better than Rick. Ugh. Man, I don't know. It's all of these shows are excellent. Uh, we haven't spent any. Do you want to just like uh, let's let's put the yeah, who gives a shit about the, the bottom? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk Fleabag, Barry, and Barry. Huh. Do we have to? Uh, how do I pick? Uh, how do I pick? Because I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna Fleabag's go out a on a limb work. here and say I think these are our number one and two. Yes. But in some order that we haven't we have to hash out. Okay. Because goddamn, they're both so good. Fleabag season two was amazing. Yeah. It, it, I felt like just like a lot of things I've said about these comedies, I think it's doing really good work at like articulating what a post Christian majority morality looks like, mm-hmm. you know, like how can a man and woman conduct themselves when there are no real societal rules holding them back? What are the positive as, uh, uh, expressions of personality, sexuality, uh, what are the negative ones? Uh, how do you navigate those waters? What does sobriety look like? What does personal responsibility look like? And they're all things that need to be said. Um, and it said it very well. It's, it's side splitting. I related a lot to the family dynamic. Um, and, and Phoebe Waller Bridge's performance in that is excellent. She is amazing. There's, there's a scene in a confessional booth with that priest that says everything I've never thought to say about life, but is so fucking true. And she delivers it with such emotion and passion that yes. like it blew me away. She's very good. And the, the framing device that the audience is essentially the, her co-conspirator and best friend mm-hmm. is paid off so beautifully in the final moments of this that like it was it was genuinely affecting. Like yeah. I was like, oh, 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 I, I don't want to spoil it because, you know, everyone should watch the show. But my God, it really, uh, it, 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 I think it wasn't just a mere gimmick the entire time. Right. Um, but it really like there's like a, there, if, if you didn't have that the entire time, the ending wouldn't have landed as well as it did. It's kind of the payoff I was hoping for with Mr. Robot with our participation as yeah. much as it is in that. Yeah. They didn't do much with it, exactly. but then Fleabag comes along and does everything with it. And I'm yeah. like, wow. On the other hand, Barry... Holy hell, it covers some ground, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, emotional ground, comedic grounds, I physical ground. I that that episode, the Taekwondo episode is the phys- I, I forgot yeah. how fucking funny that whole thing was. It's not just funny, but also its fundamentals as act as an action show are pretty solid. Like it's anytime true, yeah. Barry has to go and kill people or like, you know, uh-huh. do some wet works, it's very genuinely exciting. It's it's filmed like a big budget. It's, it's filmed like a uh, uh, strike. What is that? What that's the Cinemax like Strike Zone or Strike Back? It's it's filmed oh, like yeah, a Jason yeah. Bourne. It's filmed like a Mission Impossible. It also happens to be very very funny. Yeah. 
and the two work together that way. Um, and, and dealing with uh, emotional baggage on the the violence and guilt spectrum, uh-huh. um, as opposed to like flea bags, sex, and guilt. Spectrum. But there's that. There's also like the uh, you know abu- like like the thoughts about the abusive relationship and how mm-hmm. you know what it feels like to be a woman like. Uh, uh, Oh, that like 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 being elevated as an example and as an inspiration to other women. The pressure of like uh, I need to have a victim story that adheres to the accepted wisdom of how victims play. Like I, but it's I, not my story. But it's not my I, story. But it kind of is. My story is messier that? and probably more inspirational to more and speaks more to more women. But it's not the. Uh, yeah yeah i mean along the lines of fleabag there is another monologue that's uh-huh. delivered by uh sally sarah goldberg uh-huh. um is the actress's name and she's she like it's funny because it's this whole show is set around like an acting class mm-hmm. and so when you see things like this you're like okay are these people supposed to be playing bad actors when do they play good actors when are they supposed to not play an actor at all and just play a person and i think in that moment she gets to that that space where mm-hmm. she's just a person that is maybe a good or bad actor i don't know in moments she's both mm-hmm. but like her monologue that she delivers is fantastic which one are you talking about uh it's the, the one where where she's sitting outside at like mm-hmm. a, a table or something by a pool or something. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get Barry to help her run through this whole thing. She's just turned down mm-hmm. the offer to work with this famous producer. Cause he wanted to totally change her story. Right. And she comes down, she has basically a half nervous breakdown here. Just who the fuck am I supposed to be? And yeah. how do I tell people what that is? Is it the same? Because like it's I you saw it more recently than I. But there's also maybe it's the same one. There's also this like her trying to be happy at Barry's success while also realizing that it's completely unearned. She covers a lot of ground in that monologue. That yeah okay. I think it's the same one. You're yeah. right. That is uh, just a per fucking performance. It's it's, it's just like as, a it's, five minute nonstop like very rapid fire monologue. It's as impressive as anything Elizabeth uh, Moss did on Mad Men. Oh yeah. But it's also oh, yeah. in a comedy that like Barry got like multiple deep belly laughs out of me while mm-hmm. also being very fucked up. And also like sometimes I just can't believe like the tension, the fucking tension of some uh-huh. of these scenes is, is is every bit as tight as anything you saw in Breaking Bad. It's like, oh, my God, is this person going to find out about this? Is Barry going to be able to cover it up with that? And Stephen Root gets to go places this season where he hasn't been able to go before. He's such a total joke up until he isn't. Yes. And then he's a deadly threat. Yeah, uh, like that scene of him try up in the mountains trying to like, and uh, like uh, he has no field craft whatsoever. But then he bumblefucks himself into the possession of uh, the equivalent of the storyline to a nuclear warhead. Yeah, and uh, he's such a fucking. And he presses that advantage. Yeah, Stephen Root. What what a shithead! In nah, this, everybody's in this great. Show. No ho, Hank. Obviously, no, yeah, still keeping it keeping it real yeah like that's the thing <laughs> a is like ridiculous character he's the second best part of season one he might only be the fifth best part in this season yeah because everybody else just took steps forward henry winkler mm-hmm. is amazing yeah. like him trying to storyboard the acting process <laughs> of the hey what j- hey yeah, jim Bar- you shit bird you want any pie barry like, gets cast in this awful movie yeah like an american pie style thing right. but you know henry winkler's a professional so he's trying to like you know, help him find the diagram the pathos and and, and get the performance yeah. and it's it's very funny 
It is. Um, which Where, is how do you stack these two against each other? How do you, how would you rank them? I think I know mine. Uh, I watched all of Fleabag in a single weekend. Like we mm-hmm. watched the first episode of season two. I was so taken with it. Me and Cecily started watching it and we just watched the whole thing straight through it like in a single weekend. And it's very vivid in my memory. Um, Barry, but yeah, you know, Barry, I watched that over the course of like eight weeks. I, I always watched it kind of like as soon as it was available and, and, and it's also amazing. So I thought that would, I'd, I'd go down memory lane and the answer would be obvious, but it's not. I think if you ask me like just gut, I think I like Fleabag a little bit better. Yeah. My, my gut is that these are in the right order. Because again, Fleabag is something that was completely revolutionary and I'd never seen anything like it. Um, whereas Barry, it had been a much more interesting question of Barry and, well, that's the thing, like see, Fleabag season one and Barry season one head to, went head to head, but I didn't know about Fleabag season one until Fleabag season yeah. two. So. I've still never seen Fleabag season one, but I didn't feel like I missed all that much. No, it's 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 pretty, like, you'll definitely appreciate some more stuff. Um and it's it's just as funny it's just as good but like, like all, it focuses like, more around the cafe life probably and, and her but, friend but I, that's the thing is like i i i want to say that like the big revelations of what she did to her roommate happened in season two that, that sounds right because that's when she finally started making some growth too yeah. um but all like you know they they lay a lot of groundwork in that there's this boyfriend that she has this persistent relationship with in season one that's kind of like just like a one scene joke in this one because mm. uh, they get rid of him in favor of the hot priest character. And we didn't even talk about some of the other characters like the uh, Mur- Murray. I what's what's that guy's fucking name? Claire or no Claire's husband. Claire's husband, yeah, yeah, is a fantastic asshole. He's <laughs> like, such a good and he's he, he's he's. Did you ever watch uh, Netflix's Love? No. Um, that had uh, Jillian Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays her kind of boss slash colleague, and is just a, he's so good at playing a guy that you just want to hate at yeah. a visceral level. He has one of those faces that, yeah, combined with any kind of dislikable personality will immediately make you hate him. It's like Jack Gleason playing King Joffrey, only uh-huh. less murderous, psychopath, and more just petty sex pest. Yeah. Yeah, some of my favorite moments in that entire season were just uh, Fleabag and him yelling "fuck you" back at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like four or five times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and her sister Claire is fucking amazing. I loved her dad. Yeah. I loved mm-hmm. the stepmom and how fucking passive aggressive and what a shitter oh, she boy. is. There's a lot of her in season one too. Hmm. Um, but again, Barry's amazing. There, this is this is a. If I was a total sellout wishy-washy person i would make these both co-winners but no we'll read a top we'll read 10 in a top five but we will not make a (laughs) co-winner that's where the line is drawn yeah (laughs) right um oh how do you like a top five here's the thing one and two are clear standouts to me yes a head and shoulders above everything else on this list yeah there is a little bit of a fall off between uh, that and Los Espookes. And then you've got like these original quirky comedies um, that kind of like, I, I think Los Espookes, Russian Doll, Documentary Now, The Good Place, Good Omens are a similar kind of like yep. really knotted up uh, in terms of quality. And then there's another slight step down to the Rick and Morty, Always Sunny, Righteous Gemstones. Uh, Which is maybe not even to say that I think they're less funny. They're maybe yeah. just well-worn. Yeah. And a that's the same thing. Well-worn I, I feel like the same thing. Interesting. Both- 
Bojack, the Tukin Birdie suffers that you haven't seen it, and Bojack, yeah. you haven't seen it. Plus, it's an incomplete project, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and also like yeah, maybe it's just a half season. They haven't fully developed his themes, but like this season of Bojack didn't knock me over like last season. Last season was a was just a tour de force, and it just kept mm-hmm. on building. This one felt like more, you know, I guess. I don't know. Is it not as entertaining to watch this horseman put his life back together as it was watching him it flow fly apart? I don't know. Um, so yeah, are we good with our top five? I feel like my top five would probably look a little different. I don't know the documentary now would quite make it. Um, and good omens might come up a little bit. You want to swap it with? I feel strongly about documentary now being more enjoyable than a good place, but good omens is pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, really, good omens captured me in its spirit. Not so much that it was constantly hilarious, though it had its moments. It was more just like it's an visually odd creative. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It it's is an odd standard couple odd couple story. Yeah. Uh, but the the style um, of both its humor and its characters and its visuals, to me, make it better than something like a good place. Okay, but still, I I don't know how to reconcile like your your documentary now love with my Good Omens love. So you think Good Omens is better than Documentary Now? Yeah, if if I were but doing this, the Russian myself, Good Omens is a bright is a is a line that it, it you think it's okay. I, I think so. Yeah. Um. Uh. Hmm. I mean, Good Omens also has the originality factor going for it, right? So I, I pretty heavily weigh that. Okay. How do you feel about that top five? I think the per- I think the the top four is unassailable, and then like it's personal taste what fills that number five. To be honest, um. But yeah, yeah good. I, I'm I'm fine with that. Okay. And then the number, the number one and two, just again, excellence. Yeah. Like, go pick, watch those. Pick if you one and watch. Pick one and watch it. They're they're both mm-hmm. very. It's it's easy to catch up on both of them. Um. So I yeah. I if if you want something that's profound, and a fucking journey, and also it'll make you laugh out loud. Uh. If you if, you know if if you detest violence, then maybe go Fleabag. <laughs> sure. Uh, if Frank opened this discussions of sexuality, turn you off, then maybe go, and then you like violence, and then go with Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, comedy. We're 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 it's it's in the books. 